98K News. It's 11 o'clock, I'm Robert Kemp. Tonight's headlines, Tongyun Kid becomes the first person to be found guilty of offences under the national security law. The Hang Seng Index falls by over 1,000 points for the second day in a row. And from Thursday, people aged 70 or above will be able to receive a COVID vaccine without first making a booking. Former restaurant worker Tong Ying Kit has become the first person to be found guilty of offences under the national security law. The High Court has convicted him of terrorism and inciting secession. Jimmy Choi reports. Tong, who's 24, was arrested on July the 1st last year for driving a motorbike into a group of police officers in Wan Chai while flying a black and white protest flag that read, Liberate Hong Kong, Revolution of Our Times. Following a 15-day trial, handpicked national security judges Esther Toh, Anthea Pang and Wilson Chan have ruled that Tong's acts were aimed at intimidating the public in order to pursue a political agenda. Much of the trial focused on the meaning of the Liberate slogan, and defence experts argue that it can mean different things to different people. But in their judgment, the three judges noted that the offences occurred on the anniversary of the handover, and just a day after the introduction of the national security law. We have no difficulty in coming to the sure conclusion that the slogan, as at the 1st of July 2020, was capable of carrying the meaning of separating the Hong Kong SAR from the PLC and was capable of inciting others to commit secession, they said. We are also sure that the defendant fully understood the slogan to bear the meaning of Hong Kong independence, they said, adding that by displaying it the way he did, Tong intended to incite others to commit acts separating Hong Kong from China. The terrorism charge Tong has been convicted of relates to him crashing his motorbike into the police. The judges said in their view he had mounted a blatant and serious challenge against the police, and this will have certainly instilled a sense of fear among law-abiding members of the public. People would have been worried that society was breaking down into lawlessness, they said. Tong, who denied the charges, has been held in custody since his arrest, with his bail applications repeatedly turned down. In an unusual move, the Department of Justice denied Tong a trial by jury, citing concerns over the personal safety of the jurors and their families. Tong has not yet been sentenced and his mitigation plea will be heard on Thursday. He appeared calmed on hearing the verdict. The maximum punishment he faces is life in prison. For the second consecutive day, the Hang Seng Index has fallen by more than a 1,000 points as investors become increasingly concerned at Beijing's regulation of big tech. Food delivery service Mei Tuan slumped almost 18%, while Tencent tumbled 9%. Ken Wong, an Asia equity portfolio specialist at East Spring Investments, says the uncertainty is here to stay. Right now, there's just really no catalyst to, you know, sort of, uh, you know, push the markets up at the moment. You know, uh, we're, we're approaching earnings season, so hopefully, you know, over the next, uh, you know, four to five weeks, we can, you know, potentially see some surprises. Um, but the fact is, is that when you look at it right now, we're expecting, you know, positive earnings that are coming from more the sort of the old economy sectors in China. A lot of the tech names, especially a lot of the internet names, we're expecting to see a fairly, you know, drastic decline in second quarter earnings. On Thursday, people aged 70 or above will be able to receive coronavirus vaccines without first making a booking under a scheme to boost a low inoculation rate among the elderly. The government says 4,500 tickets will be made available each day and distributed from 7.45am on a first-come, first-served basis from 24 community vaccination centres. Infectious disease specialist Joseph Tsung believes the scheme will encourage some elderly people to get the jabs. This will definitely facilitate those elderly who are not get used to um, uh, the computer booking system. 
So I think the same day tickets uh, will definitely um, encourage them to go for vaccinations uh, without any uh, hesitancy. Lee Mantat, the head of the oyster sauce company, Lee Kum Kee, has died. He was reportedly 91 years old. Lee Cheng reports. Lee Mantat was the third generation head of the condiment business, founded in Guangdong by his grandfather Lee Kum Sheng in 1888. Born in Macau, Mr. Lee developed the brand into a household name, in the process becoming one of Hong Kong's richest tycoons. Mr. Lee also gave to charity through his foundation, and he was known for promoting Chinese culture and cuisine. The chief executive Carrie Lam has sent her condolences to his family. Mr. Lee was awarded the Silver Bohemia Star three years ago. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past 11. More Hong Kong athletes are setting their sights on a medal at the Tokyo Olympics. They'll be in action tomorrow morning. Timmy Sung reports. Siobhan Hohe has made history by becoming the first Hong Kong swimmer to advance to an Olympic final. She is in the final of the 200-meter freestyle after notching the second fastest time in the semi-final heats. In table tennis, Du Hoi Kam booked a place in the quarterfinals thanks to a win over Brit Erlen of the Netherlands. Du got off to a slow start in her round of 16 match, losing her first game 11-13, before reeling off four straight 11-5, 11-8, 11-9 and 11-8. She will next take on China's Chang Men. In badminton, the mixed doubles team of Tse Ying Sut and Tan Chen Men will also be in the quarter-final action. They will take on Lauren Smith and Marcus Ellis of Great Britain. Hong Kong's second-ever Olympic gold medalist, fencer Cheng Ka-long, says his feat at the Tokyo Games is a dream come true. He never imagined it was something he could achieve. Violet Wong has more. The 24-year-old thanked those who had cheered him on as he won the men's individual foil event, saying it's taken him some time to wrap his head around the fact that he's now a champion. He said he didn't expect that he could achieve this because previous Olympic champions were very accomplished in the world or more experienced. Chang said it's a good thing that the Games were postponed for a year, so he had time to get into better shape for the matches. He also recalled losing his ranking as one of the world's top 16 in the past year and wondering if he could still improve. Chang said he and his coach talked a lot and that he was happy to finally find his way of fencing. Chang's dad, meanwhile, told RTHK he was too thrilled to fall asleep after his son's winning performance, adding that he was happy that Chang dedicated the medal to him as a birthday gift. He praised his son for remaining calm during the matches saying that was his key to success. He was emotional at the last games in Rio. He would get quite excited after winning, and he would get upset if he didn't do very well in the past. I don't see him being like that now. That's why he had a stable performance, he said. Chengstead also said the family would have to wait until late September to be able to celebrate with him because he'll head straight to the mainland for the upcoming national games. Chairman of the Hong Kong Sports Institute, Lam Tai Fai, says he hopes Chen Kalong's victory at the Tokyo Games will inspire more young people to pursue professional sports. Wendy Wong with that story. Lam Tai Fai told a radio program that the talent of some Hong Kong athletes goes to waste as they can't strike a balance between studies and sport. 
He appealed to parents to let their children pursue sports if they have the talent and passion. Hong Kong students face great academic pressure from homework and exams. Many talented athletes gave up sports as they didn't have enough time to do both. As society attaches more importance to sports development, professional athletes will have a brighter future. I believe more parents will support their children to pursue a career in sports, he said. Mr. Lam said his charitable foundation will award Cheung two and a half million dollars for his victory. The gold medal winner will also receive five million from Henderson Land. The MTR Corporation said Cheung will be able to take unlimited free rides for life on its rail network, while Hong Kong's other Olympians will be given a one-year pass. Kowloon Motorbus, meanwhile, said it will give one-year passes to all Hong Kong athletes competing in Tokyo. Educators have expressed worries that schools are under-recruiting due to an exodus of students amid an immigration wave and may have to close down in future as a result. Violet Wong reports. Dion Chen, chairman of the Direct Subsidy Scheme Schools Council, said while it used to be common for higher-form students to leave secondary school early to study abroad, more former students are also leaving now. Mr Chen, who is also formerly head teacher of YMCA of Hong Kong Christian College, said he has learned that twice as many students have dropped out this year from the school and it is finding it hard to fill the 50 vacant places it has now. This year is quite special. Not many Form 1 students would leave Hong Kong in the past, but this year we can see a similar situation in the lower and higher forms, he told an RTHK radio program. Mr Chen added that schools will have a clearer picture of the student population in September as some more students may leave during the summer vacation. He said the rec subsidy schools, which are traditionally very popular with parents, used to be able to fill any vacancies by recruiting students on the wait list. But they may now need to place advertisements to find new pupils. The honorary chairman of the Aided Primary School Heads Association, Cheng Yongpong, said primary schools are also facing similar problems. Speaking on the same program, he said there are vacancies across different grades in primary schools, noting two or three siblings studying in the same school may drop out together. Mr Cheng says some schools may have to close down in future if they can't enroll enough students. We have not come to that yet, but it is a possibility, he said. The operators of the June the 4th Museum have been fined $8,000 for running the venue as a place of public entertainment without the required licences. Natalie Cheng reports. The Hong Kong Alliance in support of patriotic democratic movements of China was prosecuted by the Food and Environmental Hygiene Department for committing the offence between May the 31st and June the 1st this year. At the Kowloon City Magistracy, the lawyer representing the alliance pleaded for a lenient sentence, noting it's willing to pay the fine. She added the venue was not run for profit, and at the time officers inspected it, only around 20 visitors were there, with two staff members on duty. The lawyer also noted that the alliance has closed the museum after it was prosecuted. Magistrate Jackie Yip ordered the alliance to pay the fine within a month. The maximum penalty for the first offenders is a fine of $25,000 and six months' imprisonment. The museum was first opened to the public in 2014, and the Alliance had wanted it to be a permanent venue. It held exhibitions on different themes related to pro-democracy movements on the mainland and in Hong Kong, but shut down in 2016 after a legal dispute over the fact it was located in a building designated for office use. It reopened on May the 31st, but closed again a day later. 
The alliance said it has sought legal advice and had decided to close the museum until further announcement. Police officers who helped to defend the U.S. Capitol against the siege by supporters of Donald Trump in January, giving evidence to a congressional panel of inquiry holding its first public hearing. Dozens of officers were injured in the attack on the seat of American democracy, which left at least four people dead on the day. In his opening comments, the committee chair, Benny Thompson, said the investigation will be driven by the truth. We're going to be guided solely by the facts. The facts of what happened on January 6th in the run up to that tragic day and what has taken place since. That's what we're charged to do by House Resolution 503. There's no place for politics or partisanship in this investigation. Our only charge is to follow the facts where they lead us. More than 18 years after American troops were sent to Iraq, President Joe Biden has agreed to end America's combat mission there during a meeting with the Iraqi Prime Minister. This comes as the U.S. is pulling the last of its forces out of Afghanistan, the other long-running military engagement that was launched in response to the 9-11 attacks of 2001. Speaking after talks at the White House with the Iraqi leader, Mustafa al-Kadimi, President Biden said the change would happen by the end of the year. Our role in Iraq will be as a uh, dealing with not... It's just to be available, to continue to train, to assist, to help, and to deal with ISIS as it it arrives. But uh, we are not going to be by the end of the year in a combat mission. To other Olympic news, the struggles continue for China's women's volleyball team. The reigning Olympic champions have suffered a second defeat in the group stage, losing in three straight sets to the United States. China are second from bottom. Their next game is against the Russian Olympic Committee on Thursday. Russian women shocked the United States to win gold in gymnastics after American star Simone Biles dropped out of the final. She apparently suffered an injury during the vault. She was trying to win a record six gold medals at the Tokyo Games. Japan's Naomi Osaka has made a surprise exit from the tennis tournament. The four-time Grand Slam champion who lit the Olympic cauldron at last week's opening ceremony looked out of sorts in her third-round match against Marketa Vondrasova of the Czech Republic, losing in straight sets 6-1, 6-4. Round of our top stories tonight, Tongan Kid becomes the first person to be found guilty of offences under the national security law. Thanks to the index, falls by over 1,000 points for the second day in a row. And from Thursday, people aged 70 or above will be able to receive a COVID vaccine without first making a booking. The news from RTHK.
on the album Band on the Run, of course. Uh, one of the big hits from that album, Let Me Roll It. Paul McCartney and Wings. And while Robert Kent was cranking out the latest, got an email in from Greg. Uh, another first-time emailer. Thanks ever so much for taking the time to uh, get in touch with the show. I think we had Jody, first-timer yesterday. If you're listening, Jody, good evening to you. Thanks a lot. And, of course, a whole bunch of other people around the world. We've got Rob in uh, Boston, got Michael on, and uh, oh, uh, Ray Keith as well. If you're listening, Keith, good evening to you. Good morning, good afternoon, depending on where you are on our little globe and if you want to be part of it all folks it's radio pete at gmail anyway so greg sis you've got this in your cellar it's an australian band they had a hit within the summertime 